Good morning. You know that uh, we uh, have just recently, in, in nearly every uh, district, gotten started back to school. And uh, I was reading a story about a kindergarten teacher. And uh, early in school and things just getting started, and she had a little kindergartner. And uh, he said, teacher, he said, I, my boots, I need to put my boots on. And uh, so uh, she said, oh, okay, okay. So, so he couldn't do it by himself, and she was trying to help. Man, it was just a battle. He, these boots were so tight and just so difficult. He was pushing. She was pulling, doing everything they could. Finally, they get these, these boots on. And little kindergarten looks up and says, they're on the wrong feet. Oh, man. She thought, goodness. And so she starts to take them off. And it was just as hard to get them off as it was to get them on. And so she struggles and she gets these, these boots off. And so then she gets them rearranged. And here they go again with the struggle to get them on. And man, she's pulling, starting to break a sweat and just really wrestling. And finally, she gets the, the boots on this little boy. And he looks up and goes, these aren't my boots. She's going, you just got to come in. You know, and so she starts pulling. She gets the boots off. And about the time she gets them off, she looks up and goes, they're my brothers. My mom made me wear them. She said, it was all I could do. I had to bite my tongue to keep from saying something to that little kindergarten child. I thought about that. And I thought about our tongue. Our tongue has the power to do a lot of things in life. It has the power to build up, to encourage, to strengthen, to lift up others. It has the power to destroy, to tear down, and to devastate others. She had to bite her tongue to keep from saying something that probably, for that little boy, would have been tearing down, would have been devastating because of the the wrestling match that they had encountered. And so this morning, I want us to take a few moments to look into the book of James. If you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, turn there with me. James is writing to a group of people, and uh, they obviously need a lot of instruction and encouragement. In the first chapter of the book of James, he begins to talk about the principles of a mature Christian. And, and he says a mature Christian is patient in the times of trouble. When we face difficulties, when we face challenges and, and obstacles in life, we're patient in that. We don't get impatient. We want to try to rush through or over those things in life. In the second chapter, he talks about how a, a, a mature Christian practices the truth that we put the truth into practice in our life, we live by that truth, we let that, that truth guide us and lead us and direct us in life. And then in the third chapter, he talks about maintaining control of the tongue. Because the tongue can generate some great difficulties in regards to our relationship to other people. As we think about this passage that he's sharing, we're going to go to, to chapter 3, but listen to a couple of other things that he says back in chapter 1, in verses 19 and verse 26. He says this, 
This you know, my beloved brethren, but let everyone be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Down in verse 26. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. I begin to hear some of these things that, that James is writing and saying, drop over, we're going to go to, to chapter 3, but drop over to chapter 4. Listen to a couple of other things he says. Verse 1, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? That's interesting. He's talking about quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. He's talking about quarrels and conflicts among you. Is not the source of your pleasures that wage war in your members. And then drop down, if you would, in verse 11 and pick up in, in that chapter 4 and listen to what he says. He says this, So, do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law and you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it, there is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you who judge your neighbor? So if you read those four or five verses there and you begin to pick up on the idea that these people that James is writing to, there's some struggle going on. There's some problems happening among these people. What is the source of the quarrels and conflicts among you? He says, when, when people are talking, be quick to hear, be slow to speak and slow to anger. So he's talking about some of these things that are taking place. These people are, are considering themselves to be religious people, but in their religion, they're not behaving as they should toward one another. He begins to talk about judging and speaking against one another. In other words, you're tearing each other down and you all are a part of the body of Christ. If, if you are a believer, if you're, you're a Christian, you're part of the body of Christ, he said, why are we tearing one another down? Why are we judging one another and speaking against one another? Why are we being quick to speak and quick to anger? Why are we using the tongue in an inappropriate way if we're supposed to be believers who are a part of the family of God working together in the kingdom of God. And so as he begins to, to let us see a little bit about what's going on in the lives of these people that he's writing to, he begins to share with us some principles that can help us to live as we should as believers in the family of God. Now, we live... In a world today in which there's a lot of conflict, there's a lot of issues, there are a lot of problems going on. And, and I think there are some lessons that we can take from here about how do we speak, what do we say in regards to those things that are happening around us, as well as in regards to our relationship with one another in the family of God. And so James says we have a weapon. And that weapon is the tongue. And it is a powerful weapon. And he wants to share with us some ideas about how that tongue can be powerful and how that tongue should be used in the family of God. 
Now, in, in chapter 3, he opens up, and the very first thing that I want us to see in what he says here is not many of you should be teachers. Now, that's an interesting statement. Uh, it seems that maybe because of these other passages that we've read, it's possible. doesn't come out and say this, so understand this. This is just some conclusion that I'm drawing as we read through this text. And that is the idea that there are some folks who are teachers, and then there are some folks who, who maybe are a little bit jealous or envious, and they want to know why I can't be a teacher. And maybe that's some of this judgment that's going on. Maybe this is, is some of the conflict that's arising is, well, who, who made you a teacher? Who, who made you a person who, who, why can't I be a teacher? Why can't I step up? And, and, and maybe they're looking at this role of a teacher as something that's, that's uh, advantageous or, or something that's fulfilling, that you've got the captive audience to listen to you as you teach and you have an opportunity to stand in front of others and hold a position of importance or relevance or, or whatever the case may be. But James says, not many of you should be teachers. Not many of you should desire that position or should be in that position. Now, sometimes we look at that and go, well, wait a minute. I mean, we're all teachers, aren't we? We all teach people about, by the way we live our life, the things we say, the things we do. But the fact of the matter is that, that everybody should be a teacher if we're going to win the world for the Lord. But James says, hang on just a minute, not many of you should be teachers. And then he says, as we read on together there, there's a reason for that. Notice in verse 2, as he opens up and shares that in verse 1, he says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we shall incur a stricter judgment. Now listen to what he says. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, remember what he's going back to, the tongue, okay? He is perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. So let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we shall incur a stricter judgment. So there's the first thing. He says, listen, not everybody should be a teacher. And the reason that not everybody should be a teacher is that we will encounter, those who are teachers will encounter a stricter judgment. Now, there are different ideas or schools of thought in regards to this idea of a stricter judgment. Some say, well, because you are teaching, because you are in a leadership role, because you are are leading people in regards to the instruction that you give them, that your judgment will be greater. I, I really don't see that in God's Word. I, I see that He has, has designated, He has gifted some to be evangelists and prophets and teachers and, and these things, but, but I don't see necessarily a stricter judgment because of that. But here's what I do understand. If you are in a teaching role, a, a role of of responsibility, of instructing others, it just stands to reason that what? You're going to say more. You're going to talk more. You're going to expound more. You're, you're going to, to explain more and help people to understand more. And so simply by the nature of being a teacher, you are delivering more words or verbiage to people Then there is a greater judgment because you have spoken more. 
So, so I look at that, and there's two schools of thought there, but the idea is, regardless of which school of thought we, we uh, adhere to, the idea is there will be more of a judgment for those who are teachers. Why, he says, because we all stumble. And because we all stumble, if anyone says that he doesn't stumble, then he said he's not being honest because he said that would make you then a perfect man if we don't stumble in what we say. We all stumble. But if we stumble in our words, our words have a greater impact. Understand what he's saying? Our words have have more of an impact on people. And so that stumbling is a greater stumbling because it impacts in such profound ways. If we say something and others hear that, how it can affect their life. How it can influence them. And so if we stumble in that, then there's greater devastation if we are in a teaching role and multitudes of people are listening to what we have to say. And so he says, be careful about desiring or wanting to be a a teacher because of how that impacts your life and how it impacts others' lives in regards to this idea of stumbling. But I also want you to notice what he says next in that verse 2. If someone can control their tongue, then they have the ability to control the whole body. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? That's the power of the tongue. That that if I have the ability and the discipline to bring my tongue under control, then I have the ability and the discipline to bring my whole body, my whole being under control. That's a significant truth for us to understand. Because he says this is the, the very centerpiece of who we are, are the things that we say. What comes out of our mouth. I find it so interesting so often that when, uh, and, and I wish I could say, oh boy, we, we plan really well, we strategize, we put things together, right? But, but you know, how many times on Sunday morning, those, the gentlemen who come to bring our meditation or our thought or, or Don will come from Sunday school and the sermon's over and he'll say, man, we talked about that in Sunday school this morning. And Aaron this morning is, was talking about just exactly what. He read some of the verses that we're going to talk about in our, our message today about the tongue, about delivering words to people and the impact and the importance of that. And James is writing and he says, we have to be careful because of the power of the tongue. Because if you can control your tongue, then he says, you have the ability to control everything else in your life. And then he goes on to define that. And that's the second thing that I want to see, the comparison to the powerful tongue. And so in that comparison, he begins to give for us a few pictures or examples. The first one he gives is what? The horse and the bit in the horse's mouth. Now you think about a horse and it's a large animal, it's a powerful animal, and, and it has all of this ability to do all of these things. But what he's saying is when we put a bit, this small thing, in the horse's mouth, we then have the ability to control or direct the entire horse. That's a huge thing to think about the idea that this one little bit, it's a few inches wide, maybe a few inches deep, 
and we put it in the horse's mouth, and with that bit and the reins connected to it, we have the ability to direct and move the entire animal and all of that power in the direction that we want it to go. He's comparing that to the tongue. And he says in regards to the tongue, when we can control it, when we can bring it in the position that it needs to be, even though it's small, it has the ability to direct the whole rest of our body and the whole rest of our life. It has the ability to direct where we are going to go. And he talks about that even further in a moment. We're going to see that. The second picture he gives us, very similar but different in many ways, and that is the rudder on a ship. And he's talking about here's this huge ship. Now, here's the interesting thing that I like in regards to, to both of these, these illustrations is that there is someone who controls the bit and there's someone who controls the rudder. But this small rudder on, on this huge ship, this ship is, is impacted by waves, it's impacted by wind, it's impacted by current, it's impacted by all of these things that are going on around it, but yet the captain of the ship, the, the director, the driver of the ship, has the ability with this small rudder, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the waves and the wind and the current and all of these other things, has the ability to direct the ship, this large ship, from this small rudder in the direction that he wants it to go. And what he's saying in this illustration is in life we face the waves, we face the wind, we face the current, we face all of these outside elements that are impacting us on a daily basis. But he said with the tongue we have the ability to direct in the way that we want to go regardless of these outside influences. It's such a powerful direction that he's giving us. And then he turns in the third illustration that he gives us, or the third image that he writes, is a fire. And he calls it a small fire. And he says this small fire, this, this just little spark, if you would, has the ability to ignite a fire that can consume an entire forest and thousands of acres. We see this yearly across our country, but especially in the West, in California, and those places that are around there that get so dry every year. We hear stories, even into Colorado, about these, these fires. And oftentimes these fires are ignited by a strike of lightning, just one bolt of lightning hitting one spot, and it consumes thousands and thousands of acres. Or maybe someone who, who threw out a, a cigarette or someone who had a campfire or, or whatever the case may be, but it started as something small, but suddenly it got out of control. And that fire began to consume and destroy thousands of and thousands and thousands of acres. And, and now we know as we look, and, and of course here as he makes this example, but, but we look at lives that are devastated, homes and businesses that are burned and consumed in these fires. They started with just a small fire, just in one little located place. But it spreads quickly and affects thousands and thousands of acres because of this fire. And he compares the tongue and the words that we say to this 
small fire. I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, there are times that a small fire is a good thing, right? A small fire can be used for cooking, which we need food to sustain our our nourishment of our body. A small fire can be used to warm us if it's cold. A small fire can be used for light to give us direction. A small fire has a lot of positive impact, but if not controlled, not kept in check, that small fire can become something that is extremely devastating and destroys in mass volume. We look and we understand Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 12 that we were looking at earlier, and He taught us that from the overflow of the heart is what comes out of the mouth. So it is what we have put in, it is what we have allowed to influence and impact and has become a part of our heart that then begins to flow out of the things that we say. And as we think about that, He says it can be good. There can be good things that come from that, but he says it has to be kept in check. It has to be controlled. And in order to keep it in check, in order to to keep it in control, we have to understand the destructive power of the tongue. We have to recognize and realize just how devastating what we say can be to others and to others' lives. So look again, if you would, in chapter 3. And let's pick up in this verse. I think it's a powerful statement that he says. And the tongue is a fire, the very word of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles an entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. Now listen to that. Listen to those words again and understand what he's saying. And the tongue is a fire. The very word of iniquity or or of evil is what he's saying. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body. The tongue and what we say can be devastating and defiling of the entire body, he says. And sets on fire the course of our life. Think about that for just a moment. The tongue sets on fire the course of of our life. The tongue can determine the direction that we will go, the direction that we will take in life. That's the power of the tongue that can be devastating. But no one, or or for every species, listen, this is so important, verse 7, every species of beasts and birds and reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed. So in other words, he says, man has the ability to tame all of these wild things. Yet he says, and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless, evil, and full of deadly poison. That's the ability or the devastation of the tongue. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men. We have been made in the, who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Hear what he said? He said, listen, out of your mouth 
should not come blessing for the Lord and He's wonderful and awesome and great and all of this and then from the same mouth come cursing or devastation about the people that He's created. Ought not be that way. It really is a struggle for me when I have befriended someone in social media and in one moment, they make a post and they talk about the Lord and how wonderful He is and how He's answered their prayers and all the wonderful things He's done in their life. And then in the next post, they're using filthy, vile language and they're talking about things that, that shouldn't be for us. And you just go, what? wait a minute. Right here you said all of these wonderful things about the Lord and what He's done in your life. And then you turn right around and you're cursing and, and, and just devastating about someone and something that they've done to you. And the Scripture says, right here in God's Word, things ought not be that way. That as believers, we should not bless God with our voice and our tongue in, in one breath and then curse others and the people around us in the next breath. We have to be careful about the tongue. We have to be careful about how we use it. And, and he says, listen, he said, uh, you know, he begins to talk about these different sources and what they can and cannot do. Notice what he says as we begin to wrap up this morning. He says, From the same mouth come both blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? He says, No, it doesn't happen that way. He says, Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives? Or a vine produce figs? Neither can salt water produce fresh. He said, Listen, here's what I want you to understand. The tongue is a powerful thing. And as a powerful thing, it has the ability to build up, to strengthen, to encourage, to uplift others. It also has the ability to devastate, to destroy, and tear them down. And which we use our tongue for is our choice. We choose how we're going to use our tongue how we're going to allow it to affect our lives and our future and how we're going to let it to affect others. And so this morning, 